0: Borneo is known for its beaches and ancient, biodiverse rainforest, and is home to wildlife, including orangutans and clouded leopards. Some years ago, pesticide was sent there to kill mosquitoes. It worked fine, but didn't kill all the roaches, which accumulated the pesticide in their bodies. Lizards living in the thatched huts ate the roaches. The pesticide slowed the lizards so that they were easily caught by the cats, which then died. With the cats gone, rats moved in, carrying a threat of plague. In addition, the pesticide killed a type of parasite that feeds on caterpillars. The caterpillars multiplied in the huts, where they fed on the roof thatching. Then the roofs started caving in. The need for balance in nature and ecological systems is obvious but it's a little harder to put our finger on the notion of inner ecology and balance. Today, we are exploring the vessel and the vision and inner ecology. The first lesson from Genesis that Michael read for us shows the importance of everything in creation. And next week, I'll be discussing how we as Christians can deal responsibly and faithfully with the ecological system of creation. Our second lesson, which Michael read for us, on the other hand, moves us into the realm that is not concrete, this notion of inner ecology. Let's turn to that text. We have this treasure in earthenware vessels. There is a treasure inside our bodies. There is an inner and outer dimension to who we are, and both need to be nourished. A lifetime ago, when I was in college, I worked as a waiter in a restaurant. A fellow waiter by the name of Ted had no sense of balance in his life. He was always on the go, partying, horsing around, getting by on a few hours of sleep, making a diet of junk food, pop, and beer. He had no sense of nurture, inwardly or physically. Once when I questioned him about his lifestyle, he said, I want to go out in a blaze of glory. I assumed he meant a blaze of self-indulgence and self-enjoyment. He seemed only to be living for himself. I don't know whatever happened to Ted, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's no longer living. Paul says, But we have this treasure in earthenware vessels to show that this transcendent power belongs to God and not to us. And then he goes on to say of us as vessels, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. J.B. Phillips translates these verses this way. We are handicapped on all sides, but we are never frustrated. We are puzzled, but never in despair. We are persecuted, but we never have to stand it alone. We may be knocked down, but we are never knocked out. For each word which describes one of his own weaknesses, Paul finds another which celebrates the character of the power of God that delivered him. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. The contemplative Trappist monk, Thomas Merton, in his book, New Seeds of Contemplation says, when, when God begins to infuse the light of knowledge and understanding into the spirit of a person drawn to contemplation, the experience is often not so much one of fulfillment, As of defeat. The story is told of a despairing patient who once went to a physician in Naples, Italy. He complained of the, he complained to the doctor of a severe melancholy. Regardless of what the man did, he could not manage to rid himself of a profound feeling of sadness. Said the physician, I know what can help you. Go visit the theater where the incomparable Carlini is appearing. Every day this great comedian convulses crowds of people with hysterical laughter. That is the answer I am certain. Go see Carlini. Whereupon the patient burst into tears and sobbed, but doctor, you do not understand. I am Carlini. Sometimes we may need to look outside ourselves for help, but often we need to deal with things in our inner being. Part of recognizing our Inner ecology is realizing that in this life, there is no such thing as total fulfillment. Life isn't always a bowl full of cherries. It has, it has mountains and valleys, and it will always carry with it trials and tribulations. But if this is part of what being a vessel means, what about the vision? Theologian and writer Frederick Beekner shares this observation through some moment of beauty or pain, some turning of our lives, we catch glimmers at least of what the saints are blinded by. Only then, unlike the saints, we tend to go on as though nothing has happened. Or perhaps you have you have known someone who has gone through life with, with tunnel vision, only seeing an, a narrow section of what is out in front of them. And as we consider the the inward journey, and our spiritual formation, should we not look with God's vision? Not momentarily, but always? Paul gives us a clue to our inner ecology, our our inner life cycle, in verses 10 and 11. We are always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made known in our bodies. For while we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made known in our mortal flesh. You see, as Christians, our inner life cycle is wrapped up in the dying and living of Jesus. If we are open to his presence in our lives, then we will also experience his death and resurrection. Inner ecology can be likened to nature. Some sense of balance is necessary to always have death or Cloud under fields inside is not good, nor is continually growing crops on a field, for that depletes the nutrients in the soil. Rather, there is a natural dying and replenishing of the soil so that new growth can come. And so it is in the spiritual life, the inner life, that during life, opportunities to die to the old will come time and time again. And it is in embracing those opportunities that the possibility of new life arises. Resurrection, new life can only come after death. In the poems of Francis Thompson, there's a piece called Ode to the Setting Sun, and in it are these two beautiful lines. For birth has in itself the germ of death, but death has in itself the germ of birth. Inner ecology. Inner ecology I've discovered with the help of the Apostle Paul is connected with the death and resurrection of Jesus. And there are many other ingredients in our lives, but they all find their greatest meaning in the shadow of the cross and the light of resurrection. Now, such other ingredients might include understanding The reality of the world around us, balanced with an understanding of God's kingdom, which is not of this world. Conscious moments and unconscious moments or sleeping. Calmness and tension. Sadness and joy. Hate and love. Fear and trust. Coldness and warmth. Closeness and Openness. These and more find their ultimate meaning in terms of the dying and living of Christ. Paul concludes his view of the inner vision in verse 12 when he says, So death is at work in us, but life in you. Which is to say that, that sacrifice and suffering are necessary both internally and externally to meet the needs of others and to bring fuller life to them. The vessel and the vision enable the voyage, our our living. And sure enough, in the final section of our scripture lesson, Paul sets forth this image for the the voyage. This is the reason we never collapse. The outward person does indeed suffer wear and tear, but, but every day the inward person receives fresh strength. And these little troubles which are really so transitory are winning for us a permanent, glorious, and solid reward out of all proportion to our pain. For we are looking all the time, not at the visible things, but at the invisible. The visible things are transitory. It is the invisible things that are really permanent. We are stayed in the voyage of life, Paul tells us, by not losing heart. Our bodies waste away, but, but the inner vision, the inner treasure keeps our spirits equal to the strains placed upon us. The flesh is decaying. The spirit is expanding into fuller life. It is like energy in nature transformed to a higher level. Physical and inner energy for Christ becomes energy of the living spirit, like, like, like sunlight. Its energy is taken up by plants and becomes fruit and flowers. So too with us. The outward person wears all the signs of nervous exhaustion and physical strain yet to the unseen when we look to the unseen a strange, indestructible spiritual energy wells up from some unknown depth within. The inner person the real you and the real me inside, the redeemed and spirit-supported self is renewed every day. Implicit in Paul's understanding is that not all growth is gradual and progressive in the spiritual life. And this is a great misconception of many people thinking that growth is simply incremental. No, each new day when we wake up and have been asleep, almost as though we die to yesterday and are born to a new day, the resources of faith are restored by God, resources that enable us to meet the demands of the new day, no matter what they are. The body may suffer wear and tear, but the renewing grace and power of God sustain us to continue on in the service of God. And so it is that we can look to the unseen things of life, The love of God, God's realm, realities of the faith, Christian fellowship, life in the spirit, along with many other things. These things are not at the mercy of change and decay. They continue forever. Vision, said Jonathan Swift, is the art of seeing things invisible. The unseen things of life provide the frame. By which the visible is seen more clearly. You know, my tendency when I'm exhausted or sick is to think of it as a burden. Paul thought of such elements of the flesh as burdens as well, but more like a tree burdened with fruit. Paul focused his vision on God's vision. In closing, I'd like you to, I'd like you to imagine the burden a mast, and sail are to a sailboat when the boat is facing straight into the wind with the sail flapping uselessly. Now picture the sail open to being filled by the wind and propelling the boat with the wind providing the energy. It is then there is real movement and power. Such is the life of faith. Internalizing God's ecological system, which includes the death and resurrection of Christ within us, allows the Spirit to give us the resources to meet whatever life brings and to show God's power and glory. The vessel and the vision are what set us on the voyage, And it is God who equips us with the Spirit and the great gifts of death and life life eternal and abundant. Amen.